0: Let's say they analyze their data. They see that here, here are your, here's the lion's share of your customers that are coming in. And oh, by the way, you may you lose money on every customer that comes in. In that scenario, how do you handle that?
1: Well, that's when you go back and you need to analyze your product set because your product set is not leading to profitability and so then you're going to have to tweak your product set to then draw in different users
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision podcast with Carrie Rome and a very very chipper Lisa Beck's shock. I mean, this smile is, when you talk about a subject that someone loves, she's actually doing a dance as well. I really she, am. She anyway, we're doing a continuation of customer experience. This time we're getting a little geeky on you. We're talking about the data side of this. And so if you have not yet listened, go back and listen to the previous episode. We talk about the fundamentals. Really, there it's the ABCs. It's the mm-hmm. fundamentals of getting customer experience right and now once you do that then you're probably going to get it's going to wet your appetite you're going to want more but there's some critical things that you need to know before you start down that journey and we're going to talk about that today so Lisa why don't you tee it up
1: I am so excited about this because customer experience is well, let me just give you one of the statistics I have. 65% of your customers find that a positive experience with your brand is more important than your brand advertising. I mean, okay. this... Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, this is, I, mean, I know. I'm slow. I know. You, well, you didn't have to say it that quickly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so otherwise said, an experience is a whole lot better... Than any advertising dollars you're going to spend. Correct. So when you try when if you have bad experiences and make up for that in advertising, you're wasting dollars. It's wasteful. Correct. If you just got it right, think of the multiplier your advertising dollars could serve. Right. Correct. Ah, very good. So, um,
1: another critical factor in this is remembering that your customer experience, if you can create brand advocates, which is what you want yeah. to do, that they're going to relay your brand promise, which is what you want them to do, out into the marketplace. All right. So for those- so they become brand
0: ambassadors. Right, so you, this, this is your language and you've got the cursor knowledge, so I'm going to play dumb, which I, I do, do exceptionally well. So- Let's back up and I know we've moved past the ABCs but your brand promise. So your your brand, a lot of people including me when I started, I thought my brand was my logo. Yeah, that's not your brand. And so there's probably some listeners that think as well it's my my brand is uh my logo plus their experience with me. How do how do they how do we how do they um Share that brand promise. How do you share that brand promise? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So you have to remember that um, in the old days of marketing, everything was one-dimensional. So you saw a billboard. You heard a TV commercial. um, You saw an ad in a magazine. It was you interacting with a brand one-dimensionally. Now, with social media and iPhones, we interact with brands multidimensionally which means if i see a commercial on television I'm probably also on my iPhone texting somebody about that commercial. Hey, have you seen that new uh, Allstate Mayhem commercial, right? It's great. It's my favorite. So people are having conversations about your brand. And what you want to do is you want to guide that conversation because all of their interactions, the snippets of interactions that they have with your brand, the collage is your brand. And that's your brand experience. So you want to Guide that by whatever your brand promises. What do you want to, people to think and feel when they see your brand?
0: Which is really hard because as access to data becomes more and more available, I mean, what you said before access to data used to be a newspaper. Correct. Okay. And well, so, access
1: to your brand. Yeah. I I'm, yeah. I'm
0: saying, I'm saying, like, how would you access that? It'd be a, a newspaper, a periodical or a periodical, right? And what you're, I think what you're saying is that you're having different conversations on these different mediums. How are you having, how are you weaving in a consistent story? Correct. And that is tough. It is tough. Yeah.
1: But you want people to understand your brand in the feeling and the thought that a brand wants you to have. So let's think about it this way. When you think about Southwest Airlines, right? What do you think about? I think think
0: they stole my points. (sighs) They did. Okay. Well, beyond that,
1: most people like Southwest Airlines because they're friendly, they're low cost, they don't nickel and dime you. Unless it's points unless it's your points. Right. And then when people think, and that's their brand promise, right? Yeah. We're going to be friendly. We're going to get do, you there. I no do, frills. I
0: do. Even even though I've got a little resentment. A spoiled. little? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they do deliver on that promise. Yes. They do. And, that's, and they never promised me that I'd get to keep my points forever. No,
1: no, they did not. They did not, actually. You should have used those points. That's the moral <laughs> of that story.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And Delta, but then you think about another airline, you think about Delta, and you think they're more for business travelers, you are going to pay for your baggage, it's going to cost a little bit more, but they're a little more professional, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're a little easier sometimes to work with, Mm -hmm. um, especially for business travelers. And that's their brand promise, that's their brand personality.
0: Okay, but how do I know... That Delta is for business travelers.
1: They relay that message through their conversations in the marketplace, through their advertising and their social media and things like that, so that you and I understand what their brand promise is, and we understand so that when we travel and we talk about their brand, it's going to be through the lens of business.
0: Got it. Okay. Does it make sense? So It's probably subconsciously. I'm seeing it. I'm just not aware of it. Which is a lot of, yes. a lot of what happens anyway, right? Yes.
1: So, but let's get back to the whole customer experience and data because we got, got way off of track. Sort of. Yeah. Okay. Um, why is customer experience and data important? Well, you need to understand what type of experience your customers are having. And you do that by looking at your data. And Got you it. understand how your customers are using your product, how your customers are interacting with your brand by looking at data. I'm going to give you an example. The easiest example is to look at financial institutions because this is easy. So, because they have lots of data. They, a lot of times when I talk to a financial institution and you ask them who they who are your top customers? Who are your best customers? They will give me an answer and inevitably it is wrong. And it is wrong because they think their best customers are the ones that walk into their branches Mm -hmm. or the ones that they see a lot of. But when you look at the data, that's not necessarily true. Um, A bank that I worked with in Kentucky a couple of years ago, they said our best customers are you know, between 45 and 60, and they have these products. Well, when we really did the analysis, we discovered that, well, actually, you really bank small business owners really, really well, and that's where your highest degree of profitability comes from. Mm -hmm. And they were like, "Oh, oh. Maybe we should focus more on that. Yeah. And so then it was easier to sort of develop marketing based on delivering a brand promise to small business owners because we already knew they were good at it. The bank was good at it. And there was profitability in that. Yeah. But a lot of times banks will go, no, no, no. We have to go after, you know, these households because this is where we make got money. It, got
0: it. Got it. Okay. So I've got a, I've got a story to share where I was working with a CEO recently and he was talking about um, how they measure that customer experience. And he referenced that they highly, highly uh, or place a lot of emphasis rather on Google reviews, which is fabulous. Um, But as we continued the conversation, uh, we talked about, uh, we unpacked a little bit about the demographic and is is all of the demographic on Google And um, as it turns out, they have a tremendous amount of customer data. And so we've started the process of let's analyze the data. Let's look at um, what can we learn from someone that has visited twice because twice the second time, if they visit uh, two times within a certain time frame, then you know that you can start to measure them. So now you've got this really, really rich data. And what have we done and where have we done that? To create um, the expected lifetime value of a customer, and if we can get that and do these things right, well then we, we can it's proof it's it's really proof, but they ha- my point is that they have the customer data and it's fabulous
1: and they use it to guide the customer experience and the user experience right absolutely
0: well because they're going to they're going to it's all been mission driven um, company values driven. Right, But where do you go? A lot of times that's an exercise that may have been done 10 years ago or 20 years ago that you reference on occasion but is not necessarily um, weaved into the customer experience. And that customer experience, as we talk about, that, that's uh, that's an internal and external conversation.
1: Yes, yes it is. Because 73% of customers point to their experience as a factor in their purchasing. 73%. So if they're customer experience, which is you've got to guide your internal employees to deliver exceptional customer experience to your external customers, because that is the differentiating which factor. Which
0: gets us to the why.
1: Which gets us to the why.
0: Which is, it's, this is really at the heart of it, right? I
1: do love this story
0: that you're about to tell. But you're, you're, When you say, tie, tie for me um, the why and the promise. Link those two to me because they seem almost the same.
1: Well, I I think that the why for customer experience is tied into your brand promise okay. because yeah. when you're looking at... Your customer experience being the differentiating factor in the brand, how you deliver that experience is now your brand. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And when 86% of all customers are willing to pay for customer experience, that's what they're willing to pay yeah. for. I mean,
0: ask Zappos.
1: Yeah, ask Zappos. Right. Because as Tony um, Seath says, I always stumble over his name. Zappos is not a shoe company that does customer service well. Zappos (laughs) is, I love this. Zappo is a customer service company that just happens
0: to sell shoes. Because Zappos uh, could sell something different.
1: It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what they sell. It wouldn't
0: matter. Now Mm -hmm. it wouldn't matter because we know and trust the brand.
1: Yes. But when they first started, no one thought anyone would ever buy a pair of shoes online. They always felt like, well, no, people have to try them on. And so delivering this incredible experience of, well, we're going to give them to you. We're going to get them to you overnight. You can try them on. You can return them. You can order five pairs at a time. We'll walk you through it. I mean, that was how he made it work, was delivering that customer experience. I
0: did a two and a half year stint. At an internet retail company, and at the time, it was we don't have brick and mortar, therefore we can discount the product. The rub was, you don't want the 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 people that are selling the um, the the wholesalers. Mm-hmm. They don't want you the manufacturers. Rather, the manufacturers don't want you discounting their product because then it's not fair to the people that have a brick and mortar. Right. Right. And so people. You know, there was, there was conversations around free shipping. There were all these things. But Zappos really led with customer service. There were some people, I mean, it looked like, and there's still, that this whole internet retail thing was just going to go straight down the commodity game. Who, who can do it cheapest? And ironically, who, who's winning is not the cheapest at all.
1: No, because they delivered that customer experience.
0: Yeah. All right, but let's go back to the why. Yeah. Go back to the why. We're... Tell your story. So um, the why the why is so important internally and externally. And I was working with a CEO recently, and we we were laying out his strategy and his growth plans. And as he unpacked it, he laid out essentially a revenue uh, a, a result that they wanted to achieve in revenue, a, a result that they wanted to achieve, achieve in EBITDA, which is earnings before income tax depreciation and amortization for those who are not accounting nerds, and, and to um, operate more efficiently by integrating systems. And I challenged him with, I hear, I know, because I know you you analyze things, I know that you're a metric-driven CEO, but I think we need to consider and think about what Three levels down, your employees are going to hear. Three levels down and below, your employees are going to hear because to make you rich is not a good why. And everything we've just discussed is to make the shareholders wealthy, not the employees. And so to really make it work and to tie back into that brand and customer experience, your employees have to buy into your why and they have to buy into your promise and it can't be to make me rich
1: no 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 it cannot but that's an outcome of getting customer experience perfected yes
0: and everyone wins because when you bring the right team on board they get value from serving that customer in a way because you've aligned them Mm -hmm. particularly in the spot where they need to be to serve the customer and experience the customer experience that you've created it all works oh completely well, you're saying it like it's really simple it's really uh, not no it's really it's not because but now, it's, something no, it's something you should start
1: no it's something you should start but let's talk about how you start it mm-hmm. so you have data right you have your data oh. use it use the data that you have
0: okay let me call a timeout. okay when you say you have data Go deeper on that. Talk to me about that. I mean, sure. some people. You know
1: who your customers are.
0: Okay. You or, know, or, or not? Because you just gave me three examples of when, when, when banks. They don't have know the who data. They no, the data, they ha- tells, ha- the them who, data okay. tells them. Okay. They
1: just don't ever. They haven't ever mined the data to figure out what they have.
0: So, baby step number one is take your data, analyze it for what it is. Let it be what it is. Don't judge it before you analyze it.
1: Oh, correct.
0: Let it fall out and then let it sit and say, how does this align with who we say we are? Are we doing this right?
1: Yes, and embrace the data and follow where it leads you. I think that's of critical importance because people make assumptions on their data and then it comes back and it's not what they thought it was, but then they continue to live into legacy processes and you're like, no, no, the data showed that you should change this process or enhance this product and you would then generate additional revenue so embrace the data and the results that you discover and follow it well which- you know
0: you know uh, i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to go here with me personally because i have thought this for a long time
1: oh i cannot wait to hear this
0: um i have been asked for a long time. So do you do coaching? Are you a coach? And I've fought the term uh-huh. for so long. Uh-huh. And then recently I heard I mean, if if what you do is spend time to help others become more successful, you're a coach. And I said, okay. So
1: So now you are officially... Don't, don't, don't
0: get hung up on the that word. you have a system. Don't get hung up that you have software. Don't get hung up on that you can help them scale. Don't get hung up on all the other how. At its core, and, and then people say, you know, okay, well, but could you help me with this? And it's finally like, uh, yeah. I don't know why I, I, I don't love the term, but it is what it is. It is what it is.
1: But now that you're embracing the data, which says that you are a
0: coach. Right.
1: Are you okay with it?
0: I'm I'm becoming okay with it.
1: So you're following where it leads
0: you. I am. I mean um yeah, I mean you know, I could complicate it and say, well, I'm a coach with a system and well, I'm this and that, but that's not where people uh need to meet you. No. They need it's to get not. it quickly, especially in today's overload of data. You need to get it quickly. And when I'm working with executives, I mean, it turns out I've been—I started out 15 years ago, coaching them through problems and solving the problems.
1: And then you decided you didn't want to and work I on to problems anymore, problems, which
0: means I start working on opportunities and strategy. And um, yeah, so there you go.
1: I think that is, you know, self-awareness is such a wonderful thing. I'm really happy.
0: <laughs> so. She has such a blank eating grin on her face right now. I love the fact that, that
1: a, you finally are acknowledging something that the rest of us have known for a very long time. Did
0: you know that? Oh gosh! Did, yes. Why didn't you tell me?
1: We talked about it, and you said, "I don't want to be a coach,
0: I th- I, George."
1: We have talked about it, I, haven't I, we? Absolutely. 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 I don't think ever talked
0: about it. Was it ever you recorded on a podcast? You just like
1: blanked this out of your mind because George, Maybe. we've Maybe. talked about this, right?
0: Maybe. 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 I tell you what. I do love helping other people become successful.
1: Yes. Yes, you do. And you do it well. All right. Data. Data. Yeah, amazing. Right. All right, so what can you do with this data? Well, one, you can use it to respond faster. And in this world of instant gratification, that is perfect. The, Ooh. you know, the easiest example to give on that is, you know, you put something in your cart at Pottery Barn, you don't buy it. And 5 minutes later there's an email in your inbox that says, "Hey, did you forget something in your cart?" Yeah. And then if you don't buy it then, the next day they send you another email that says, Hey, we saw you were looking at that Belgian flax linen quilt. Are you sure you don't want to go buy that? So by using your data, right, you can respond faster and you can enable personalization. And I think that that is critical because we all want things to be personalized. It's when Netflix says, hey, since you watched, you know, XYZ, you're going to really enjoy ABC.
0: Or... When Target tells you that your daughter's pregnant.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's the funniest story.
0: I I mean. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not the father. That's data. That's data
1: gone horribly wrong.
0: I have have a point here I need to bring up. data gone wrong. You say uh, data and data and you interchange. Yeah. Right?
1: I I think it just depends on who I'm talking to. Or Or you're talking to me.
0: and Data, data. Ah. Do you care? No, I just thought I'd. Point that Bra- out. Yeah. You know, A little brain space for uh, you know, for people listening. Like They're probably curious too. They're like, that Lisa Beck, she's shocked. Nice. So, yes. Good save. In. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue on.
1: Okay. Well, enable personalization. And then it also helps you map out your customer journey to improve your user experience, your customer
0: experience. All right, Lisa, key takeaways for today are number one. Go get your data. Go get
1: your data. Data. Data slash data. You say tomato, I I say say tomato. tomato.
0: It's kind of like that. How come they don't say, you say data, I say data?
1: I don't know. Maybe because when that song was written, we really didn't use that word a lot. Okay. I don't know. Um, Because you know that's a song, right? Sure. Okay.
0: I I didn't even know I was a coach for 15 years. So we're...
1: Excellent point. Okay. Okay. So go and gather your data slash data and then analyze it, slice it and dice it as much as you can to determine your customers' how are they using your products and services? What information can you glean from how they're using it to improve? Their user experience OK, now
0: I've got a question I want to ask that I think somebody in the audience is probably has in their head. I hope they do at least. What if I analyze the data and it's not who I want?
1: Well, I mean, I go back to embrace your data and follow where it leads you, okay but I mean, there are companies I mean there that- are
0: circuit there are there are instances. so let's say you mention a bank. Let's say they analyze their data. they see that here here are here's the lion's share of your customers that are coming in and oh by the way, you may you lose money on every customer that comes in in that scenario. How do you handle that?
1: Well, that's when you go back and you need to analyze your product set because your product set is not leading to profitability. And so then you're going to have to tweak your product set to then draw in different users.
0: And you also probably want to go down that, that train of thought. You probably want to go, um, when, as you tweak and refine that product set, you probably want to go back. And if, it, if that is the customer that you want, but you're not making any money on them, when you when you start to develop that product set, make sure you are very close, very closely in touch with them and asking them if this is what they want because they may only be doing business with you because you're the cheapest.
1: Oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. But if you're changing your product set to attract a different customer, you definitely have to go and talk to that
0: customer. Who you want. Who you want. Yeah. And you know what? Pick up the phone. Just pick oh, up the phone. Someone told me you know, we developed that software last fall, as we were rolling it out. Essentially, we developed a minimum viable product, minimal yes. viable product, and um, as it turns out, larger, more enterprise companies said, "Ooh, we need this. We love this." Well, we didn't develop an enterprise level product. No, we didn't. And so, um, and so. Someone gave me some advice and said, you know what you need to do? You just need to start talking to CEOs and ask them, what's the problem you're trying to solve? And is it big enough to look for a solution? And so I've been doing that, and the conversations have been amazing. Shocker.
1: Shocker. Look at you learning something. But
0: but the point is, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call who you want as a target customer and say, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I want to learn from you. And if you'd be willing to give me 15 minutes and I, I will cut a CEO off at 15 minutes and say, listen, I asked for 15 minutes. I want to respect your time. If you'd like to uh, keep going, that's great. Or, or but I just want to let you know and, and, and just stop them so they don't feel like there's no agenda. Right. There's no agenda. I just want to learn.
1: I like that. Well done.
0: You, you you act like this no, is no, some no. new epiphany. No, It's not
1: new. Some new epiphany. Okay. I'm I'm just... All right. Let's land the plane, okay. as you said right. uh, last time. Right, How bring, do you want to land home, the Lisa. plane? You're
0: going to bring us home. I'm going to look at you and you're going to bring us home. Really? Yeah. No okay. pressure.
1: Uh, it's a lot of pressure. Well, this is your wheelhouse. Okay.
0: I'm well, it like, does make me happy. I know it does. Yeah.
1: So I I think if everyone could remember that customer experience is the differentiating factor... And how you do business and if you pull your data slash data and you analyze it and you use that to improve your customer experience then you will see an increase in
0: revenue i I don't think i need to add anything else because i would just destroy what you just said which is magnificent hey we hope that you found this encouraging and confident and and, and gave you confidence to pursue your vision for the customer experience that you desire thanks for listening see you next week